0: Recorded live. Good morning,
1: and welcome to Jesus Christ ministry for It is a joy to be in the house of the Lord upon today. Our message over the past uh, four or five months now has been from the, from the book of Hebrews, and we are all, we are looking at and administering on the superiority of Jesus Christ over the Old Testament scriptures over the Old Testament tabernacle, an and over the sacrifice of the Old Testament and how salvation comes about. Salvation comes about in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ is far more superior than anything or anyone or any other, uh, any person or that has ever existed in humanity. Jesus Christ is the greatest of all God's people. Number one, he is great because he is God, who came down in the person of Jesus Christ and became human and took on human flesh in order that he might walk the life that we live. And then and so now we are in this book of Hebrews and he's looking back, uh, the Hebrews offered a ministry to Christians within the church because they are under attack. And he's causing them to look back to see where God brought them from and to move and in order that they may move forward in Christ. And that's so important. So not only are we looking at the superiority of Jesus Christ, but in the superiority of Christ, of Christ because what requires us then to acknowledge our path, but move beyond our path and move because our future is not in our past, but our future is in front of us. And if we fail to realize that our future is in front of us, we will lose our success. Stay in the fact where we don't belong. Jesus said, any man who puts his hands to the cloud and looks back is not fit with the kingdom of God. Your future is not in your past. Your future is in front of you. And it's so Of the United States, tragedy after tragedy, and we wonder why these things are occurring. Police killing civilians, Civil, civilians retaliating against police, people losing their lives in mass because of their sexual preference or because. and other sins are occurring because of the temptation of the human heart. In the book of Ezekiel, the 21st chapter and 27th verse, God speaks of Israel's plight as a nation. Don't miss it. He says, overthrown, overthrown, I will make it overthrown. It shall be no longer until he comes whose right it is, and I will give it to him. The short meaning of this verse is that God says Israel's continual problems of being overthrown by her enemies will not cease until Jesus Christ, the Messiah, God's anointed, comes and receives from the hand of God the sovereign rule over Israel, and Israel recognize him as their Savior King. But let me go a bit further and say of America and of the world proper, the heinous criminal acts of murder, human trafficking, disobedience of parents, and the like will not cease until the world recognizes Jesus Christ as sovereign ruler of every nation on the earth and those nations acknowledge the one true and living God and his anointed one and submit to his Father rule. There will be no change in America. There will be no change in the world unless and until we all come to the understanding and acknowledge that there is no peace, there is no joy except in Christ. Apart from Christ, we have all of these things that are taking place in America. We have all these things that are taking place in the world proper. We have groups like Al Qaeda. We have groups like ISIS. We have groups like Al Shabaab. We have groups that deny Jesus Christ. We have groups all over the world that are using the Word of God or using some other form of religion to brainwash it, to cause people to do. Those today, just as there were those during Jesus' earthly life that denied him to be the Son of God, the Savior of the world. But sacred scripture emphatically declares that every one of them will will come to a point where they will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that he is Lord over all creation, and they will fall prostrate before him and declare his sovereignty. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every reach should bow of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In that Day, my brothers and sisters, everyone who rejected Jesus in the flesh, who one day acknowledged him as God. The problem with this is that it will be too late for them to receive salvation for their souls. The exalted place of the Savior now occupied and the universal valley in the future in acknowledgement of his Lordship is all to the glory of from God the Father. My call as a pastor and servant of Jesus Christ is to lead people of every nation to Christ by the teaching and preaching of his holy word. That's my call. I can't save you. Only God can save you. And salvation is only by faith in Jesus Christ. But my calling is to declare what God says in his word, nothing more, nothing less. This teaching of God's Word is a 21st century revelation, as it has been declared since the days of Adam, Abraham, the prophets, and priests. No doubt there are competing entities to the Word of God, injecting confusion, doubt, and unbelief in the minds of people. Too many people are intellectuals. They can't believe it. If they can't see it, they can't believe it. They are the Missourians because, you know, I unless you show me, unless I see it, I won't believe it. And Missourians are all over the world. Many won't believe unless they see. It. This is why the author of the Hebrews epistle took so much time to teach the recipients of this letter. He took the Christian Jews back to their roots where they came from, how they got their start. Many of us need to stop and look back to where we've come from. But don't allow where you come from to affect God's purpose and plan for your life. Where you come from is not where God wants you to go. God has something great for you, but if you stay in the past, you will not be able to realize the future. He took them back to where they came from, to their roots, and at the same time, he educated Jewish proselytes who converted to Christianity and child Christians. Drawing from Jewish history, he speaks of the priests and their role to God and the people of God. And that leads us to our message for today, verses. 6 through 10. Now, if you have your Bible, search in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. Now, when these things had been thus prepared, the, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the service. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people sin then submitted in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic of the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot save him you know, who, pro- who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience, concerned only with food and drinks and various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of the Reformation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we preach you this morning in the righteous and holy name of Jesus Christ. We give honor and glory unto you and we invite your presence here on today, God. We ask you to move in this place by your Holy Spirit. We ask you to speak, Lord God, over the airways by your Spirit, the Word of God, that Christ may be edified, that Christ may be glorified, that Christ may be exalted in the lives of people all over the world. Oh, we thank you today, God, for, for your Holy Word. We thank you now as we heal to the authority and rule of your spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. Take full authority and do what only you can do. For you will hear, for you are God, and you speak what you desire to be called. We are grateful to you, Holy Spirit, for the revelation that you shall give us this morning through the word of God our Father as I humble myself under your mighty hand. Good morning and welcome to Jesus Christ Ministries, Global. We are located at the Holiday Inn Express, 6860 Crane Highway, in the place now 20646. If you're in the area, or you know someone that is in the area, please inform them about us and, and, and invite them to join us. Every person, no matter who you are, are welcome into the gate of, of heaven uh, through Christ Jesus, and you're welcome into this ministry, for we are the ministry of Jesus Christ. Christ came that all who would hear his word and receive him and believe on him will have eternal life. The high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins, Uh, of God, and that's as interesting. But you and I today, and anybody else that wants to, are welcome to walk into the building of the Church of Jesus Christ. They can walk in freely, and there are no there are no serious consequences to their decision to come into the church. In other words, they will not be struck down. Uh, they will not suffer any kind of ill will if they enter into. God's church. You see, that's a testimony right there. That's a point uh, That's a point that we need to, to make, we uh, need to pick a pin in. Why? Because it's important for people to understand that in a believer, but belief is more about law. We have to, as believers, we have to remember that when people come into the church, they must be welcomed because they, because they need to know that God is real and that Christ is the Christ. Christ died for everyone. We must love one another. We can't put on a show day in and day out. We must exhibit the qualities, the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Jesus was not a respect of a person because God is not a respect of a person. Everyone who walks through the door of the sanctuary must be embraced. I don't care what they look like, I don't care how they smell, I don't care what their hair looks like, I don't care what they're rich or poor, every person that enters into the doors of the Church of Jesus Christ are to be are to be welcome and they are to feel welcome, they are to be made welcome and they are to feel welcome. They are to know that coming in here and having to be that is resting in the sanctuary is real. As Christians, as believers, we must not alienate anyone because of who they are, because of what they do. But we must welcome them into the house of God. Every person. That wasn't the case. That wasn't the case in the Old Testament. Only the priests, as I stated earlier, could enter into the house of God. And then... So... The tabernacle was inaccessible to people. Only the priests were permitted into the various rooms of the tabernacle. Therefore, the priests, not you or I, nor the Jewish people, but the priests only uh, approached God on behalf of the people as their representatives. Their mediator. The priests were the mediators between God and the people. If the people committed sins knowingly, they brought their sacrifices to the priests, and the priests offered those sacrifices on behalf of the people. That's the way it works. But today, you and I, because of what Jesus Christ, what God in on the cross through Jesus Christ, He he cleared the way for us to be able to enter into the presence of God, to enter into the sanctuary of God, and to seek God's faith, to seek the forgiveness of God. That's who he is. That's what he did. Furthermore, though the priests ministered in the holy place day after day, only the high priests were permitted by God to enter the Holy of Holies. And that's only once a year. When, when he did now, he offered a sacrifice for his own sins as well as the sins of the people. On the day of atonement was the only day that the high priest would enter into the holy of the holies. And only the high priest would enter that tabernacle. But so when the high priest entered the holy of the holies, He entered into the presence of God. In contrast, the heavenly tabernacle, not made with men's hands, is open to all people of God 24 7, 365, 366 days a year. Let me illustrate that in verses 8 through 10, the Holy Spirit indicating this that the way into the holiness of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic of the first time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make the one who performs the service perfect in regard to the conscience. Concern verse concern all concerned only the food and drink, various washings, and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of Revelation. These verses show a deeper significance to the division of the tabernacle into two parts and the rituals associated with it. That had now been revealed by the Holy Spirit. Before, uh, before the coming of Jesus, there was no free, unobstructed access to God. Rest, uh, not. The phrase the Holy Spirit had, was showing by this indicates more than just a recognition of the Spirit's role. In the, in the inspiration of the scripture. although this may be assumed, if we read Hebrews chapter three verse seven, verse ten, and verse chapter ten verse fifteen, so instead the Hebrew writer is claiming special insight from the Holy Spirit into the meaning and purpose of these Old Testament provisions in the light of their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Don't miss it. Two points of clarity are here. They are in order here. My use of the word ritual simply means a religious uh, ceremony involving a series of actions performed according to God's command. And then my use of the word insight means simply to reveal or revelation or to make known that which previously was unknown. So what the Holy Spirit has been revealed has as well. human What the Holy Spirit has revealed is that there was no access to the presence. of the means of approaching God. The way into the most holy place. So, oh, the daily ritual, by its very functioning and repetition was a was a testimony that the way into the holiest of holies was blood. There was a veil between the holy place and the most holy place. And only one person to enter into the holiest of holies of the most holy of all and that was the high priest that he only did once a year on the day of atonement. On the day of atonement, there was no other way. Just the one. Because it was blocked. So the access that the high priest had behind the veil did not indicate his openness Just because one person went in once a year, that ought to be an indication that it was not open just to anybody, and even the high priest was limited to going in once and once only. So it was not open, but was the exception that proved the rule that you cannot enter into the holiest of holies without God's permission. So, as long as the of the outer pit had normal status, that is, retaining its status as a balanced expression of God's resisted purpose as a sanctuary, it prevents people from seeing, let alone entering the holy of holies. See, the author, therefore, shows the mutual exclusiveness of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let's look at verse 9. The Hebrew writer continues by, let me read verse 9 real quick here. It says here, it was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performs the service perfect in regard to the conscience. Now let's take a look at verse 9. The Hebrew writer continues his explanation concerning the revelation of the Holy Spirit. The portion is a simple point in the present time. Now, nah, the, 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 what, what happened was just preparation for what's happening today. What took what, what, what place back then was just, uh, well, uh, if you will, it was just a bridge or a, a pathway leading us to the point where we are today when Christ was come. It was to symbolize the fact that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worship. You still can understand no matter what they did, they still felt guilty. No matter how many sacrifices they made, their conscience continued to defeat them. They still felt guilty and felt condemned because of what they did, knowingly and intentionally did. But this deficiency extended to all who participated in the Old Testament, not just priests as they sacrificed. The Old Testament provided the means for a cleansing that was outward. But it could do nothing to cleanse the person's conscience, the person's internal moral faculty by which they discern good and evil, right and wrong. Those who had their bodies washed, but their consciences defiled, were in no position to draw near to God because they were they were filthy in their mind. You can wash your body of the filth. But your mind's got to be watched of the filth that is from generation to generation, for year after year, that's been poured into your mind. All the stuff you see on television, all the stuff you hear your friends talk about, all the things you talk about, the nasty things you did, the wrong things you did, the both the things you did, the disobedience to parents, the disobedience to authority, the disobedience and disruption of all the things that that's worth. Put in place the rules, the regulations, put in place to govern how we in our life. All that we see, the rebellion, the hatred, the discrimination, the bitterness, all that and drink and various washes. In short, they were ineffective in removing this. You have a tough stain on, on your wife. What are you going to use to get rid of those tough stains? You're going to use some bleach, aren't you? Because you know that when all else fails, bleach will get out that, that, that dark stain or that, that, that red stain or that black stain or that purple or blue stain. That is what will cleanse. Well, the blood of Jesus Christ serves as the bleaching agent that cleanses the conscience of humanity. If you want Christ in your life, if you want true change, then come to Jesus, just as you are. Wounded, weary, and sad, and you will find a resting place in Christ, and he will make you glad. I don't know who you are. I don't care what you've done. God doesn't care what you've done, but he knows who you are. He wants you to come to him. So, that is because, let me move on here, it makes it ineffective in removing sin, and that is because food laws, libations, or tree offerings, the lawful sacrifice, themselves described as regulations for worship, are now viewed technically as regulations of the flesh. See, at one time they were relevant. Today they are no longer relevant. When Christ came into the world, when he died on that cross, when he was buried in that power too, and when he got up on that third day, and when he was seen by one in five hundred, and after he had given additional instructions to his disciples to stay here until the Spirit of God still wise you can do you with power from on eye, then you will be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria unto the utmost parts of the earth until the day of Pentecost. When the Spirit of God came like a, like a roaring mighty wind, rushing mighty wind, and then like tongues of fire separated and upon them, and they began to speak with other tongues until they were filled with the Spirit of God. Hey, my God, they had to stay put until they were released to go. So, oh, there, yeah. Yeah, so fleshly regulations won't do you any good. You can go through the ritual. Many people today five down three to four times a day praying to God, but they're not praying to God because they're going out and they're killing people systematically, wiping people out, and they are lying and they're telling people this, that, and the other in order to get into the good And then when they get to the position where they want, then they say, well, that doesn't apply because my Bible. Well, my book tells me that I have to lie and keep his life in order to further the plan of, 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 of my God. But let me tell you something. God is not like that. God's word is what we have. And the word of God is truth. And it does not, it frowns on lying. It frowns on stealing. It frowns on murder. It frowns on killing. It frowns on discrimination. It frowns on hatred. It frowns on anything. That is not like God. No. You can't go out and say, well, God made me do this. God will never tell you to go and systematically end the lives of a lot of people. He will not do that to you. Jesus says, I come that you might have life, that you might have it to the full. He does not come to tell you to exact on the somebody. He's able to do that himself. He doesn't need you to do that. He doesn't need anybody to go and, and, and kill a bunch of people for, 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 for what? He's got eternity reserved for that. He's got hell reserved for that. There will come a point in time where every knee will bow, and every tongue will, will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. There will come a time when every person will stand before the throne of God and, and they will answer for everything that he in this place. God doesn't need you. He doesn't need to send people out to murder somebody. That was the Old Testament. But God was doing that to make a point. But now that's not the way it is. You see, since then, people are stuck in the past. Many of you today are stuck in the past talking about what somebody did to you or the way they used to be. That's not the way things are anymore. majesty on high. He's interceding what you're going to have to find. That's Jesus Christ. Thank okay. you. And on the third day, you got out of the grave alive again, and that I want you to be my Savior and my Lord. Jesus Christ, you don't have to go through any rituals like, you know, that you're going to some club or something, or you got to go blah, and all that stuff. No. You don't have to go kill somebody like if you're a gang or rob somebody or steal something from some place to get into a gang. No, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't have to be like uh, the people overseas that are over in the Middle East that are killing people. You don't have to be like that. All you have to do is by faith receive Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Savior and to be your Lord. There's no other way. That's the only way, my brothers and sisters. There are no gifts. You don't have to jump up and down, bend down, turn around, see it. You know, buy this, buy that, say this, pay that. You don't have to pay one penny to become a part of the kingdom of God. Whosoever will let us come. It's a free choice. Every other religion wants you to do everything in the world. But Christianity just requires you to accept way as your Savior and your Lord. And begin to read the word of God. Begin to apply the word of God to your life. Begin to pray and see him. To get closer to him. That's all. Those practices under the Old Testament were unable to perfect or descend the concept of the worship. Instead, they left the participants feeling guilty of their sin because they were sinly rules that governed outwardly. What you need to change you will not come from an outside source. It takes someone greater than you in heaven that be able to enter into your heart. And to change your heart, to change the way you think, to change the way you see things, to change the way you view people. But as long as Christ is absent from your life, you won't have a problem taking a black man's life. You won't have a problem taking a police officer's life. You won't have a problem with playing on the basketball. You won't have a problem with doing wrong wherever wrong is needed, wherever you do wrong. God does not sanction. God loves the whole world that He gave His Son. That's what I love about military men and women, is they serve this nation. They don't serve because one person is black, because they want to preserve the white race, or because they want to preserve the black race, or because they want to preserve the Hispanic race, or the Asian race. They fight because they want to preserve the rights and freedoms and liberties of our nation and the people of our nation. It is not about color. It is not about nationality, it is not about race. It is not about sexual preference. It is about serving and protecting the life that we have come to love and and, and honor. But if you don't know, but if you don't serve in the military, if you don't serve this nation in some public capacity, you won't have an appreciation for America. That's why, that's why the gang can run around killing each other. That's why they can blame everybody else for their faults in their town. Because and that's why they can be in America and talk bad about America because they have no vested interest in America. They don't care about America. But my point is simply this. If you don't care about America, if you are a group that you want to just talk about America and put America down, if this America is that bad, get out, go someplace else. And then you will see. I've traveled around the world just about, and I've, and, I've, and I've not found any place on the earth, whether it's France or whether it's Italy or whether it's Spain or whether it's Egypt or whether it's Puerto Rico or whether it's Turkey or wherever I've gone. Let me tell you something. None of it compares to America. The freedoms we enjoy here in America. If you understood what you had, you would appreciate it better.
0: We have
1: to understand, my brothers and sisters, that there is so much more that God has for us, but until our mind has been cleansed, we we will not receive it. And listen, here's what the Apostle Paul, thank you, Holy Spirit, go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, here's what the Holy Spirit said. thank you, Holy Spirit about the mind. He says, Paul, writing under the anointing of the Spirit of God, says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and do not be conformed, change molded, put it into what the world wants you to be like, must be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. Your conscience has to be changed. And the only way your conscience can be changed is through your relationship with Christ and the watching of the Word of God. If the Word of God does not watch your mind, all you are stuck with is just the ideas of this world. And this world is already told to you're nothing, you will never be anything. All it wants to do is kill you. This is a doggy dog world. You have to worry about locking your doors. You have to look over your shoulders when you go out at night or even in the daytime. Now, you have to get into before you get into your car. You have to look in the back seat to see if somebody has somehow been able to get into your car. You have to be careful. But in Christ, you don't have to fear anything. For God has not given you a spirit of fear for a power of love and a power of mind, but until you have Christ in your life, you won't know that. He says, Be not conformed, be not train, be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If God speaks against hatred, if God speaks against not being a respecter of persons, honor your, love your neighbor as you love yourself, if God tells you all of that, that stuff, and if he tells you that, unless you love your neighbor, your brother, you cannot possibly love me, uh, and so if he puts all of that out there for us, and then do this new day, and this, new dispensation, and do this new testament, this sensation, and He's telling you that he does not condone murder. He does not condone racism. He does not condone discrimination. Or, uh, he does not condone the twistedness of men men's minds. Listen, if, uh, I don't want to go too far here because I don't want to get too far off track, but if God made man and a woman, and he just differentiated between them, and they are physiologically, they are totally different physiologically, and he does the creating, and he does not consult you or me or anyone else. That means he did what he did the way he wanted to do it, which means he did not, will not, cannot ever, will not ever be able, cannot make a mistake on this. So everything that he did was intentional. That's why I speak of the, the intentionality the uh, infallibility of God's intentionality. God makes no mistakes. Everything that God does, He does intentionally with purpose. A man and a woman can procreate. A man and a man can't procreate. A woman and a woman can't procreate. That's not natural. And so, that's why one man can go cheat and chase and, and another man's wife because the mind has not been cleansed. All he sees is a worldly fleshly thing here. All he wants to do is conquer and divide. He doesn't care what it does to the woman's husband or her woman's family. And the woman doesn't care what it does to her family or her husband or, 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 or the, the man that she's cheating with, her, her wife or family. He doesn't Not only point to one one to be sin, God takes all sin and anything that is, that is contrary to the Word. In this then their conscience has been seared. Uh, the word seared means to brand with a hot iron. That is, people who hate and commit crimes against their fellow man or woman have become unfeeling, unresponsible, and callous. Their souls are branded with a mark of sin, and they carry about with them the perpetual conscience, the conscience of sin. If we want to change our community through changing our families, we have to change our families. If we wanna change communities, if we wanna change our neighborhoods, if we wanna change our state, if we wanna change our country, if we wanna change this world, we've got to change families. To change our families, Every family member must be taught the word of God, and, spoke, and, and 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 those teaching the word of God must also model what they teach. Let me try to finish with this. Let me try to finish. When I finish this, I'll be finished for the day. King Solomon spoke these words to his son. He says, "Hear, my son, and receive my teaching, and the years of your life will be many." I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right path. In other words, not only have I told you, but I have followed it. I have walked alongside of you. I have led you. I have gone before you to demonstrate the right wisdom and how wisdom works. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction that is teaching. Do not let go. Hold her, for she is your life. Who is he talking about? He's talking about wisdom. Hold on to wisdom. Walk with her. Hold on to her. Keep her. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Run away from it and pass off. But they do not see unless they have done evil. Their seat is taken away. You can't be saved by the practices of those things the old. There is only one way to salvation, one way to eternal life, and that
0: is Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. I hope that this message
1: has ministered to you. I hope that you have taken you will be able to take something good from all that has been said here. We are a nation,
0: and we need to respect
1: one another. It is not enough for us to come together when we have an attack against our nation, against our freedom. We need to learn to work together, love one another, and embrace our freedoms today uh, while we are at peace. We need every human being in America. It does not matter what your race is. Every life matters. Every life matters. The life that police officers took matters. The life that this police officer's life matters.
0: Every police officer matters. Every every civilian matters. Every human being on the face of this earth matters.
1: There are no superior human beings over other, over other human beings. You are not superior. You are just as human as anybody else. Just because you're intellectually more uh, uh, astute than others, you may have educationally more than somebody else. This makes you better than anybody else. I, You know, I'm going to school, and I've been going to school for quite some time now, And the more and more I learn, the more and more I realize that I am nothing more than just simply human. I'm no better nor the worse than anyone else. When I get into my car and I drive down the street and I'm obeying the law, I don't want a police officer to pull me over and shoot me down simply because I'm black. I've had one follow me home since I've been in the state of Maryland. And I was following the rules of the road. And I can't find another explanation for it. I didn't do anything wrong simply because I'm black. And then we cannot go around killing whites simply because they're white. But we cannot go around killing any fat because they're his We cannot go around discriminating against people. Is it wrong on any level, no matter who it is that's doing it. Yes, we have people in positions of authority. We respect that office as that person. Not just the office, but the person as well. We may not like what the person says or what the person stands for, but we must respect them regardless. They have no opinion in you and I. Everybody has opinions. Everybody has ideas. Does that make them wrong? Maybe their ideas are twisted, but they have a right to their opinions. They have a right to their ideas. If they believe in the Word of God, they, why should they compromise? Why should they feel ashamed of saying, I believe in Jesus Christ? Muslims don't have a problem saying they believe in, uh, in the Quran and the Muhammad. I mean, the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe. Don't, don't mind saying they believe in the white towel. don't believe. don't have a problem believing in Joseph's Smith. Why should Christians have to apologize for who they are and what they believe? Why should I have to apologize for being black? Why should I have to be scared to walk or, to walk in my neighborhood or to walk down the street being black? Why? Why should you be afraid to walk down the street being whoever you are? Why should a woman be afraid to walk down the street for fear of being raped or molested in some way? That's wrong. We have to understand the importance of love your neighbor as yourself. Do not cover your neighbor's wife or his property or any of that stuff. We have to understand the importance of that, my brothers. Life in America can get better if we begin to teach the word of God as, as it is written in the Holy Bible. Not in other book, just the Holy Bible. We can change communities by changing families. And we can change families by teaching our, and modeling the word of God. We can do it, brothers and sisters. We can do it. If we put our minds to it, if we pray, and if we seek God, he will give us the guidance that we need. He has given us, for believers, we have the Holy Spirit. And he is the and the guide for all truth. And all truth is the word of God. That's why we say we're building on a solid foundation, the word of God. John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus said in his prayer to the Father, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God is the truth that we need in this day and time. It's not the world's truth that we need because there are all kinds of truth, but there is one truth, and pure truth, and that is the truth that flows from the heart of God, and it is written in his holy word. So, if there's someone who has joined us today and you don't know Jesus Christ, and the forgiveness of your sins, He's ready to forgive you of your sins right now. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter where you've been. He is able to do what no one else can do. And secondly, if you are looking for a church home and the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you, to call part of Jesus Christ. This is where I want to be, this is where I want to work, this is the place I want to call home. I live to my heavenly home welcome. you're healed backside. you want that joy in your life, I'm here to tell you, He will restore the life, the joy in your life. There's no give and about it, All about it. He will do it, and He will do it now. Fourthly, if you're seeking the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in song, God says, "The day that you hear my voice, do not harden your heart." God is ready right now to give you the desires of your heart. If you're in need of prayer, I'm here to tell you, prayer is the, is the key that will unlock. Uh, the doors to the kingdom of God, and God will begin to minister to you in ways that you've never thought possible. Huh. Some of you right now are suffering with, with uh, physical physical uh, abnormalities. Uh, uh, you know your your back is killing you. You're you're suffering with migraine headaches. You know, the doctors told you that you have cancer. The doctors told you that some of that that your children have candida. Uh, somebody has candida. Whatever the problem is, God is able to fix it. Father I pray now. In the name of Jesus. Those whose who, who bodies are exhibiting uh, the the abnormalities that I just spoke of, I see healing and recovery from their, in their bodies right now, and that you just going to them from those things. In the name of Jesus, the migraine headache is gone. The chlamydia is gone. The back pain is gone. The migraine headache is gone. In the name of Jesus, I see healing in your life, and it is done in Jesus' name. How say amen to God the Father? By faith, receive that, and you will have it. Second, and finally, if you are away from your church home, you need someone to watch over your soul. Join Jesus Christ Ministry School, where we need well, we will be able to preach and teach the word of God to you. And when you have been through a sign that here, you will return home to your own church and help you see the path to fulfill the vision that God has called him or her to. You have a place. You have a purpose in the kingdom of God. You just need to believe it and come to God. Now, if you want to give your life to Christ, repeat after me, dear God, I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I believe that you sent Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, into the world to die for my sins. Jesus, please come into my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord. I repent of all my wrongdoings, my sins, and I confess you as my Savior and Lord. I promise you, from this point forward, I will seek to obey you in every area of my life, and those of you who are backsliders who had a relationship with Christ will turn around and walk away from every day after of your God. I am so sorry for turning my back on you and walking away from you. Please receive me back into your kingdom. I promise you, from this point forward, I will seek to serve you in every area of my life as you give me strength. Father, I thank you now that every person there has prayed those prayers, that you have been given them for the backside. You have restored them to their place in your kingdom. For those who just gave their life to Christ, I pray, O Lord God, that you would teach them, that you will grow them the dust and develop them into the person that you have created them and called them to be. God, I thank you now that as they walk in the newness of life, that they began to read your word. And they began to pray unto you speak to seek you with their whole heart. That they began to attend services where the word of God is being preached and for in the word of God is being taught. That they began to find relationships, Lord God, with fellow Christians as they may be able to grow in fellowship. And then that they will be witnesses unto you, both here in America and in their neighborhoods and around the world. God, we praise you and give you honor and glory for so each and every one of them.